Welcome to another episode of Is It Beer Yet? Our special series at Neozaz.com about my latest obsessive hobby, homebrewing. This episode is a little short and in some ways a little different than the past episodes. It's I'll start with it being a little short. Um, while I was brewing, Quint from Catac- the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights was down here. And I had thought I remembered us recording a lot as we were going through the brew process because he had a lot of questions. I think what in reality happened was a lot of our conversation took place off recording uh, because the, like the recordings would kind of prompt something. And when I turned the recording off, he'd go ahead and ask, which is unfortunate that I didn't record it because I might have been able to share some information with people uh, that are just learning to brew like I am. But alas, those recordings, th- those those conversations weren't recorded like I, I thought they were. And in fact, even less of the process is recorded, especially during the boil. But on the plus side, the boil is something that has appeared in all the other episodes so far and has continued to be talked about in other episodes. So I think you know uh, enough about the boil process. I mean, you get the water up to 212 degrees and you add what you're going to add. Um, that's not news. So I, I don't think we really missed anything in this. I still put this, even this episode is short, I still put it together because I have brewed the beer that we're talking about in this episode before. In fact, let me, before I forget, I'm going off the cuff here. What we're brewing in this episode is called Chance uh, 3D IPA. It's actually a full name is Chance 3 Hopped IPA. Uh, But the hop, the O, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, the H-O-P-P-E is like condensed in the graphic to a little, looks like a dash, so it looks like it says 3D. Uh, two reasons for this beer. One, uh, I'll give you a reason for the name. Um, no, actually, I'll have to tell you the reason for the beer. The name won't make sense. Uh, this is the second beer for our Halloween Horror Nights News as Weekend, where Karen and Quint and Karen's boyfriend, Kevin, had come down, and we all experienced Halloween Horror Nights together and had a great time, and we drank a lot, and we drank some beer. This beer was one of two named after Halloween Horror Nights. This year, the character that is kind of the the focal point, the icon, they call it, the tie-in for the entire event. Her name is Chance. Uh, and her house, her maze, her haunted house, for those that don't know what Halloween Horror Nights is, has a ton of haunted houses of, of the likes you've never seen because they have movie studio quality and budget to put these together. Her house was a 3D house. So, as you'll hear, when I go through the grain bill, there are three hops. So, I called it Chance 3 Hopped IPA. So, now going back to why I'm putting such a short episode together, uh, even though I don't have that many recordings, is that we do talk about the grain bill. So, all the grains I use and the measurements and the times for the hop drops are in this. So, that's important. Also, I think as equally important is that um, we have a tasting at the end. So, even though the middle is kind of short compared to uh, a lot of the uh, episodes. Well, there's only been a few. There's only been two before this. So even though it's shorter than the, the last two and not as long as the ones coming up, it still has the information you're probably looking for at this point if you heard the other episodes. If this is the first time you've heard this episode and you're not quite getting the whole process out of it, go back and listen to episodes one and two because they're a lot more extensive in the process. All right. I think I've overexplained this. In fact, I may have made its intro longer than the actual middle of this episode. So let's get right to it. Here are the recordings for Chance Three Hopped IPA. Well, here we go with a, another edition of Is It Beer Yet? And as you could probably tell from that introduction, this has been recorded after the name or the title has finally been decided. I am in the middle of the studio at Neozaz with my grains because I do have a visitor. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
and my shoddiness of my voice will be explained here along with that story. Uh, Quint from Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is here. We just did opening night, uh, the opening media party last night. Absolutely phenomenal event. For more on that, listen to Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. Can't believe how much, <laughs> how great this event was. But what the hell that story? Because, oh, and also he is still asleep. He is on West Coast time. It's really early for him, plus the fact that I've only actually got about five hours sleep, but all the animals in the house decided I needed to get up. So I was like, if I got to get up, I'm going to go ahead and brew. So for the brewing, this is one of the brews I am making, one of the beers I'm making for that event for when everybody from Neo's Az is coming down the same weekend. Not everyone at Neo's Az, but everyone from Neo's Az is going to Halloween Hard Nights will be here the same weekend. And this is one of the beers we're going to enjoy, hopefully. And it's called Chance Three Hopped IPA. And the H-O-P-P-E is in parentheses, so it looks like Chance 3D IPA, because Chance is the name of the icon of Halloween Horror Nights, and her house is in 3D. So that's that story. So why I'm in my studio, like I just said, Quinn is asleep, but I have all my grains. I got them pre-measured and pre-milled, so I'm gonna, I was going to dump them out here, but uh, maybe I'll actually not dump them out on the uh, recording, because if I spill some, I really don't want, now that I think about it, I don't want the husk and the flour all over, because that might attract bugs. You know what, I'm not, I was going to dump them here on the recording, but you know what grains being dumped, if you don't know what grains being dumped into a plastic bin sounds like, go get a 50 cent bag of rice and dump it into a piece of old plastic Tupperware if you have any Tupperware. We had the, tu- ah, now my phone's ringing. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. I'm off the phone. And I don't know where I left off. Oh, I do know where... Do I know where I left off? I don't know. I'm not pouring the greens in here is what it comes down to. I don't want a lot of bugs in here. So, again... Oh, I know. I was making a joke. I don't know if I made the joke. Did I pour some rice into a container? I don't know. If that joke didn't come across, maybe I'll use it in another episode. I'm pretty good at recycling my jokes and not remembering that I said them before. Anyway, so here is the grain. Let's go through the grain bill. I'm not going to pour them in, like I said, but it's pretty simple. Um, seven and a half pounds of pale, mold, pale malt, two row, of course, uh, 10 ounces of Munich and seven ounces of caramel 20 L. So pretty simple. Uh, the big thing is going to be not the big thing, but I guess the main, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? Not ingredient. The main, I don't know. It's an IPA. So it's going to have a lot of hops. I am tired i've got no sleep <laughs> so the hops let's go through the hops because this is what's really going to bring the taste out in the ipa we're going to have a full 60 minute boil of millennium hops then we're going to have a uh what do we got a 50 minute boil of falconeers flight hops now if you've seen the connection there millennium and falconeers you can see that this recipe was intended for something else at one point but it turned out so well, I decided to use it for Halloween Night. then i'm going to have a one minute drop of falconeers again and then a dry hop which we have not discussed on the show before. That's when it's actually, when it's finally in the fermenter, uh, just before the, actually, after the yeast is pitched, I'm going to drop in a sack of, wait for it, Palisade hops. I'm actually starting to grow to like them again now that I understand how they work. And, we, well, I did actually try this before with uh, dry hopping, and it worked out well, so I'm duplicating this recipe. Um, I did record this process before, and you may have recalled me saying something about it in the I think the first episode, it turned out I had the recorder that I have in my hand on the wrong setting. It's on a thing called dub where you can record something and then you can do a voiceover. So I had like 20 recordings on top of each other and there's no way to split them. It, it saves off to one flat file. It actually sounds kind of 
neat as a recording, but you can't understand what anyone says. Maybe I'll play that as a clip just to demonstrate. But since I had to do it again anyway, and it turned out really good, this is, I will tell you, this is like a um, IPA recipe. I stole the malts as a direct, um, take directly taken from another um, recipe for an IPA that was highly rated on Beersmith Cloud. And the only thing I changed is all the hops because, as, as I said, I kind of hinted it was meant for something else. If you haven't put that together, just think about it one more time. Go through the ingredient list for hops. And then added Palisades because I'm trying to incorporate that into – I don't think I'm going to do everything because I'm kind of limiting myself in taste at this point. But I think when it has a Neozaz name behind it, like for the signature beers, I'm going to at least try to incorporate it in that. Anyway, that's it. I'm going to take these back out to the kitchen where, um, well, I mean, they would attract bugs there, but at least there's a tile floor, so it's easy to clean up. It's carpeted in here and a bunch of soundproofing on the walls, so if the flour from the the malt gets in there, that'd be bad. Yeah, this was a bad idea. I don't know why I thought coming in here and dumping this was going to be a good idea. Glad I talked myself out of it. Anyway, I'm going to do that. I still have to measure out the hops, tie up this hops bag, and then I'll be on to getting that strike water ready, or mash water, both. I'm still, my mind's still kind of in the mode of using a hot liquor tank, which I'm not. There's another boil in the bag. But just so you guys know, anyone that's experienced, why do I keep interchanging phrases of things I'm not doing? That's why. I'm still in an adjustment period. I'll be back. Okay, the mash has started. And I had done the, it's really nothing new here. You've heard this before in two episodes. Dumped it into the water, give it a good stir, yada, yada, yada. The only thing worth noting this time is that um, I brought the water temperature up to 160, exactly 160, killed the heat, dumped it in the grains. By the time I wrapped all the Thermex around it and put the, the, the my made up temperature control stuff, which if I hadn't described, I think I did, but if I'm repeating myself, I apologize. I'm using kind of that silver bubble wrap uh, insulation stuff. Same stuff that if you have uh, one of those silver bubble wrap looking uh, window shield covers that reflect the sun out of your car, the exact same material. Have that wrapped around like four times, have a piece underneath it, a couple pieces on top of it, then I wrap it up with a big moving blanket that we have, and that just holds the temperature, especially when it's already 90 degrees and 500% humidity. Temperature loss doesn't really is not a not a problem in the, sol- the summer and the fall in Florida. So it was it measured it uh, temperatured out of 153, which is right what I where I wanted it. I kind of shifted things around. It dropped to 151, and, but I took a look in and saw that the probe had gone deeper into the actual grain bed. So I still think it's at 153. It's probably closer to like 155, the actual water. So I'm not going to mess with it. I'm not going to take the uh, chance and overheat it and burn anything. I think we're good. I think we're good. I could be wrong, and I might be making a mistake, but uh, temperature is... um, I've always had a little bit of a struggle with, but I think I finally found the exact way to... what water to get to, where to start. If it ends up not quite being... I'm not getting the mash out I want it that what what is measuring out of 151 or the water 153 then I know I need to kind of bring the original temperature up a little bit like say 165 or so but I think we're good I think I think I finally got a handle on that that's always been a bit of a struggle but I think think we're there so I am running to get the ice Quinn is now awake he is getting his coffee he's getting a shower and then when I come back, we'll be doing the boil. Probably sit out on the porch with a couple beers, chit-chat. This episode will probably be a little different for one. It's going to have a second voice here shortly, I think, if I can get him to talk about beer. I don't know. Talking about beer is usually not difficult with my friends. I think I'll be able to coax them. So I'm running to get my ice for the cooling. You know that whole process. Uh, 
going to grab two bags unless there's for some reason a buy one get one three but i don't think there is i really think that was down to the uh hurricane false alarm that i talked about the last episode but other than that um yeah pretty much status quo i'll talk about the hop drop when i get to it describe what i'm putting in and then uh we'll get on to well what we usually get on to i guess so i'll talk about fermentation and then we'll get the tasting tasting is going to be interesting we have a whole crew for tasting but you'll hear that and uh yeah i'm kind of running out of things to say i guess i'm trying to pad this out for no real reason so we'll just get on to the next step here Okay, I'm on my way back to the store again for ice. Got almost all the way to the store and then realized I didn't have my wallet. So while they might possibly still have the buy two, get one free deal, I don't think they're going to have a buy none, get two free deal. So figured I should probably go back and get my wallet, which is what I did. So I'm on my way again. Temperature did drop a little bit. I double checked, but still not too low. So I'm going to, uh, I left it for now. I'm probably going to throw it back on the burner for just like two, three minutes, get it up a little bit, try to get it to about 155 so that, cause it's going to drop as soon as I take it off. And then that should get me through the second half. We're almost halfway through the match anyway. Um, especially with turning around and getting my, uh, wallet but uh just want to make sure i don't have to uh oh make sure it's at a good temperature everything does what it's supposed to do so i think i'm gonna just kind of get it a little warmer again and then be done and i think i'm gonna like i said in the earlier recording probably start to strike water at 165 next time so another good thing learned but still think we're in we're in good shape gonna have a good i know we're gonna have a good beer because i did make this before but this time i'll be able to record the process properly so i'll be back with uh hopefully some ice hopefully actually you know i didn't actually check my wallet to see that there's my debit cards in there but i can't imagine they're not there but uh, who knows uh, i'm probably that's probably unlikely so well we'll find out if you can hear me come back say i'm going to the store again you'll know why All right, I got my ice. My debit card was in my wallet, like I thought, so no exciting story there. I did end up buying three bags, because having that third bag, even though it was unintentional last time, actually I think helped. I didn't, I didn't need all of it, but it certainly helped get the wart down. And it's I think it's hotter today than it was that day. So I figured, what the heck. It's an extra, little extra cost, a couple more bucks, but... Uh, I don't know, I just kind of felt like like having that safety net. So until I get a wart chilling system with a wart chiller, and the biggest problem I've had with that, if we're going to talk about that quick, is, I mean, you probably know what a wart chiller is. If you don't, it's a copper uh, coil that you put in. You, you put it in like the last 15, 10, 15 minutes of your boil. So you sanitize it, then you pump water through it. We usually pump it directly, you know, from a... They usually have a hose connection. Well, that's, that's great for most places, but the Florida... Um, the lines are so close to the surface of the ground compared to most other places, and it's so hot here, the water coming out of it is usually, it, it's, it's, it's quite warm. So the work chiller, with the direct water from the line, from the tapper or whatever, uh, from the faucet outside, or any faucet, even from the sink, is not going to drop it the way you would get in just about anywhere above the, the Mason-Dixon line, I think. So what I'm going to have to do is get like a kind of like a sub-pump that I can hook a hose to and put ice water through. And that way, I really only need kind of really one bag of ice because that's going to cool it down faster than doing an ice bath, which is going to drop costs again, but it's another added cost to buy all that because a war chiller, let's, I don't know the numbers, let's say a hundred bucks, a true good sub pump is a hundred dollars. You can get like an aquarium pump and that might work, but I mean, I've, I've had hit or misses using aquarium pumps with other stuff 
uh, and pond pumps. So I'm going to go and get like something. It probably it'll probably be overkill, but I know it's going to be long lasting and do the job. So it's I, if you haven't, I, I this is what usually happens with my hobbies. I start off cheap and inexpensive and try to cut corners, and then I get into what I'm doing, and then I want to make sure I don't have to buy now that i'm buying second set of equipment i don't want to buy a third so i kind of go really cheap on the first go around and then maybe a little more expensive than i need to the second go around so i don't have a third go around so that's probably what end up happening and that's another expense so right now i'm just kind of balancing those skills by buying the extra ice before i have to make that big purchase because there's a couple other things i want to get before that anyway really um mainly i want to get a uh uh a uh last straw bottling gun so i can bottle some of these that and I don't have to wait out the keg, so I can keep brewing new tries and and bottle the stuff that I like. So yeah, it's whole balancing act. When you get into a hobby that has costs in it, that's you know not necessarily all that cheap. Um, I mean, the ingredients for the beer, the malt and the hops, aren't super expensive, especially when you're doing gallons at a time. But when you need to start getting specialty gear, it gets a little. It can get out of control fast. So I kind of want to pace myself, especially if I you know. Knowing me and my attention span, as much as I, I'm planning, I got like six brews in my head and on paper that I'm going to do, but you never know. By the end of tomorrow, I might give up brewing altogether, so I have no sense in ordering that stuff until I know I'm going to need it. So, Anyway, that's that story. All that from a third bag of ice. How about that? So, all right. I'm almost home, and we're almost done mash time, so I'm going to be doing the boil here very soon. Okay, I did all the regular stuff I've talked about before, so I didn't sit here and walk everyone through the boil. So needless to say, I had drained the the brew bag. I did about a gallon. I did exactly a gallon sparge and got to the five and a half gallons I wanted, and now we're on to the boil on a nice, steamy, hot day. Let's add some more more moisture to the air. Right. <laughs> this is a unique episode. Um, as If you've been listening to this, special series i talked about how i was brewing a beer uh for halloween hard nights and this is the second one and this is interesting because when we get to tasting one of the guys that's going to be on that tasting portion of this episode is sitting here is at the conception of the beer so quinn from catacombs of halloween hard nights is here Whee! with me he probably recognizes his voice i don't think we have a real large listening audience on this other than people that know us but i could be wrong but this is interesting this is the first episode where you're going to be here for the birth of it, then you're going to be here for the tasting of it. So that's going to be fun. And probably the finishing of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's only a two and a half yeah. gallon keg, man. There's four yep. of us. So we're doing the, the chance. I, I said it in the, before, but I'm catching Quinn. We're doing the chance three hop IPA. So we're at the boil, and now it's like we just sit here and stare at it for 45 minutes, and then we freaking go like mad for 15 minutes, and then we're, we're done. That's you, you mentioned <laughs> that there was going to be actual beer drinking yeah, let's while do we do that. This. Let's do that now. We'll step in. I want to make sure we're not on a boil over and we look pretty good. So I think we're. We're safe to go in, cool off, get a beer, then get ready for that last 15 minutes of chaos. All right, after 45 minutes of nothing, we're down to the last 15 minutes of chaos, but we haven't recorded much because we've been sitting here just enjoying beers and watching the boil go, but I just added the second hop sack. That's going to sit for 15 minutes. I'm about to put in the Irish moss to get the clarity and then the last minute hops, and then we're on to racking but you've pretty much seen the brew process the best part about the brew process is the beers that we're drinking while we're brewing exactly and the fact that we didn't have to do anything else during the process well, there's that too yeah <laughs> so just get an update to anyone that listens and follows along 
So that was the Falconeer's hops, and then uh, got a second Falconeer hops, and then the Palisade dry hops. So that's really about it for the boil. I've done this is the third boil I've done. I don't think I need to explain the boil anymore. I'm gonna try to change it up, but just wanted to do a quick update. And, I have uh, learned a lot. Yeah, it's, okay. It's been really cool to watch oh. and. and Smells Sorry. great over here. Right. Have you taken a oh, whiff? No, oh, it's, you it's, saw, it's yeah. coming here. Yeah, the yeah, aroma's now, here. Now that we're adding the hops, it's like, and then, and then this last last bit is starting to smell good. And you're going to, mm-hmm. I'm curious what your uh, expectations will be when it comes to tasting. Again, this is a first, someone that's going to be tasting this here for the brew. Yeah, that's that's actually the, the curious thing for me, because now that I'm starting to smell the hops, and I'm sure that when we when we drop in the Falconeer hops, I'll smell those and what's yep. coming off of those. Um or the second batch, I mean. I know you're saying. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what the the end process is when I come back and drink it. All right, well, that's about it. We're co- coming close to the Irish Moss. I'm going to stop recording, and then we got the long, arduous fight with physics to cool this down next. I think. All right, checking in on week one fermentation, and this is the closest I've ever gotten to a blowout. If you don't know what a blowout is, it's when the Krausen gets so high that it could uh, blow out the um, airlock. It could go right in the airlock, overflow that. could even push it out if it's strong enough, I would imagine, because this rubber stopper isn't all that you know strong. But we didn't get there. It got real close. I mean, it is all the way. You can see it's not that high now, but you can see where the residue was that it got all the way to the top of the carboy in like just another... Not even an inch of probably what it started seeping into the airlock, but the airlock is completely clean. The sterilized water is still perfectly fine, so it didn't get that far, but it got damn close. It's down a lot more now, but this is the probably the thickest Krausen I've had so far. It was thick, and you could actually see the bubbles in the Krausen like pop, and then the airlock would pop right after that. It's actually kind of neat. I didn't take video of the Krausen bubbles popping, but I did take video of the fermentation again because it was crazy uh it's it always amazed me it looks like there's a some something in there stirring everything up but it's you're not touching it uh it's actually gone down a little bit now it's still a little cloudy but you got the real fine particles now of the yeast and the fermentation so it's starting to starting to slow down i would guess in another day or two it's going to be uh completely settled out there'll still be fermentation but it won't be to the necessarily to the naked eye so i'll check it in a few more days um, this is actually the fourth day of the fermentation. I didn't get to check it right away. I did. I take it back. I checked it every day. I didn't get to record right away. Uh, as you heard in all the other episodes, I had a guest and he has now gone home and things have calmed down and work week started. So I've actually had time to stop and record while I check on the fermentation. So I'm going to check it again this weekend and see where we're at. All right, it has been exactly one week. I brewed this this time, just about this time last week, or started brewing. It wasn't done till the afternoon. It's the morning now, and the initial fermentation is done. I mean, there is no, almost no Krausen on top now. There's residue all around the rim because that was a thick Krausen, but there's some bubbles on top. There's still fermenting or fermentation going on inside, but you can't see it at all. Every once in a while, you'll see something float from the bottom. Um, if I watch the airlock, I'd, I'd have to sit here for a little bit, but I actually saw it when I opened it. Like, the bubble will slowly build, and you'll kind of get that little, like, half bubble on the side of the airlock, and then it finally pops. So there's still activity in there. 
In fact, it's starting now, but I don't think I'm going to sit here and wait for that entire bubble to pop. There's still fermentation, but it's nothing like it was last time I recorded. So I'll let this sit for another week. The truly active fermentation will probably last just a few more days, but I'll let it sit for the week, and I'll keep it at temperature. I'll keep it below 70 degrees. been holding a good almost 68 the entire time, which is surprising, especially when that as active as it got. But I'll hold it at that temperature until this time next week, and then I'll keg it, and then I'll give it a week uh, kegging age to um, to age a little bit and take that uh, probably initial maltiness, which seems to be coming in the first week of every brew I do, let that settle and go away. But this looks good. The color is beautiful. It is golden. This is a, if I hadn't already mentioned it, I'm sure I did. It's an IPA, but its its base is a pale ale malt primarily with a couple other um Ales in it, Vienna or malts, Vienna malt comes to mind. I know there's a little bit of crystal in there to give it a little more color. Probably give it go from a straw to a golden color, but it is nice and golden, which will be a nice compliment next to the amber um, bordering on brown that is going to be the carnival of carnival ale of carnage. So, very happy with what we got so far. So, we will see what we have next week when we go to kegging. It is kegging day for the Chance 3 Hopped IPA, and I just kegged it, didn't bother recording it. Same process as before, still using the filter. My next brew, I possibly won't be using a filter because I absolutely have to rack because I have to add an ingredient in the second fermentation. But I did want to stop and record because I did write down the original gravity and the ending gravity, and I'm going to do the calculation now. So... Let's see. All right. I've got... It's 0. 0.0, 0.040, exactly. Now I'm going to multiple. What I'm doing is, if you've never done this before, I take the, the starting gravity and subtract the finishing gravity. And my starting gravity was 1.045, and my ending gravity is 1.005. So 0. 0.040, and I'm going to multiply that by 130. So 0. 0.04. I don't need to put the zero in the calculator. Times 130, that is 5.2%. Not bad. That's what I figured these probably were, about 5%, because I don't really add any extra sugars or um, any kind of, any. Uh, well, I guess it would be sugars. It's just different type of sugar, not table sugar, to increase the, uh, what do you call it, the alcohol content for the yeast to feed on. I will be doing that in my next brew. Mainly because it's a flavor additive, but there is some, I think, corn sugar in there? Not corn syrup, not high fructose corn syrup. I think corn sugar in this mixture. I'll, I'll talk more about that on the next brew. But the flavoring is what I'm, my primary purpose for adding what I'm going to add, which we'll, like I said, talk about. But the fact that there's corn sugar in there during the secondary fermentation should possibly boost this alcohol up a little bit. So, well, that 5.2%, I'm pretty sure the last one I did was around 5% as well, mainly because it's the same amount of wort, same amount of uh, roughly the same amount of grains molted or molts um, that were uh, uh, mashed. I don't know, it's probably maybe within a pound, let's say. So that one's probably about 5% as well. So at least it's... Uh, it's um, so that's, that's I don't know that I really had a goal, but that's what I was expecting. So I will make sure to write down my original gravities, my starting gravities from now on, and then do my measuring it on the keg so I can find out exactly what it is as I go. So that's it for now. Um, I'm probably going to, am I going to, yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm going to force carbonate this to 
once it gets cold, once it gets down to about 37, 36 degrees, because we're going to be drinking it in about a week and a half. So I could do a 10-day carbonation on it, but forced carbonation, I know for sure, will get me the carbonation we at least will want. I don't know. I'm... (laughs) I'll come back to that. That'll be next, what I decide, because I'm sitting here thinking I did do a 10-day carbonation the last time I made this brew, and that may have helped with its taste. I don't know how much the carbonation helps with the taste, but it certainly helps the way it hits your tongue and your palate. So I don't know. I might do the 10-day slow carbonation. I don't know. Uh, We'll find out on the recording next. I'll look at the dates, see what my schedule has ahead of me. Not that I can really – really takes much to – Set it up. Room, I guess, would be, do I have the room? Because if I can get the uh, CO2 tank in the kegerator, because there's two kegs. I don't know why I'm thinking this out. I'm boring the hell out of you, probably. So we'll just come back to the next recording and see what I decided. Okay, so the decision on how to carbonate the Chance IPA beer was kind of, I was going to say made for me, but I guess I made it, forced it upon myself. I'm out of time to carbonate it any other way than force carbonating it if I want it ready for when everyone gets here. I missed it. I, I wanted to hook up the line the next day. Uh, time got away from me. I missed it. I was like, well, I still got time tomorrow. That day came and went. Now we're another day later, and it won't be quite enough time to carbonate it properly. So I'm going to do the forced carbonation and then get the lines hooked up. So first thing I'm going to do, I got everything ready here. I got the keg. I got a towel. I'm going to roll this on in case there's a leak. There's, there is no leak. I already know that because I filled this with CO2 uh, once it was fully kegged, but you never know. Something <laughs> something could crack or break while I'm doing this. And I have my CO2, one of my CO2 canisters, the one I use for carbonation and for kegging. Uh, not for serving, though. It's another keg or canister. So first thing I'm going to do, I, like I said, I filled this up with CO2 to kind of uh, lock it in. So that no more air got into it, so nothing would happen to it. So I'm going to release that so I don't get a blowback in my CO2 line, and then this is just going to fill it up again. All right. Now you heard there wasn't all that much, so it wasn't as full as I thought. So I'm going to hook up my CO2 line to the inline. Okay, that's locked on. I'm going to put it on its side with the inline facing side facing up. That way there shouldn't be any beer slopping into the line. It shouldn't slop in anyway because the pressure of the CO2 is going to keep it out, but this is just like an added assurance, I guess. I don't know. It's the way I learned to do it. So now this is cold, extremely cold. It's at least 38 degrees, uh, maybe even a little cooler. So I'm going to crank my CO2 up to about 25 PSI. And, oh, let me set a timer for 15 minutes. Don't worry, I'm not going to talk... For 15 minutes here, I'm going to talk for like another minute. Timers, timers, timers. It might take me 15 minutes to find my timer. There we go. So 15 minutes. As soon as I get the CO2 going, I'm just going to shake this and roll it back and forth pretty vigorously to keep the, the force of CO2 into the wort or the beer. Well, it's beer now. It's fermented. Uh, so into the beer, get, the carbon, get some nice carbonation on it. Then when I'm done, I'm going to hook up to the lines of the keg, and it'll be ready to uh, serve. It's actually... Um, I take that back. What I'm going to do is after I'm done shaking up, put it back into the kegerator, let it sit for a couple hours, maybe even overnight, because it's going to be the carbonation is going to foam up. So if I even if I I do, I'm going to release the pressure before I hook the lines up, so I don't get a blowback. But I don't want a ton of foam shooting out of the uh, top of the keg, so I'm going to let that foam settle. I think I'm going to let it sit overnight. So, but right now, let me get the gas on so you can kind of hear what's going on. I got to. I think I need two hands here. 
Okay. That was, <laughs> that was the noise of the cranky, uh, not used in a while, CO2 regulator coming to life. So now I'm turning at the 25 PSI. All right. Going to release the gas. There it goes. And that's the sound of me shaking the keg back and forth. So I'll be doing this for the next 15 minutes. So I'm going to cut it there. I'll be back when i am uh, got something else to report. All right. This is the real final taste test for, uh, or tasting, I should say, for the Chance IPA. And I have Quint here, who you heard all through the episode up until kegging, that was here brewing it. Very yes. unique calendar we had to enable, <laughs> that enabled us to do that. So yes. you were here for brewing. Now you're here for tasting. Now, truth be told, we've been enjoying it, but we haven't reviewed it. So we'll call it a review taste. That works. We have tasted it. Yeah. So we're going to try it yet again right now. And I stand by my original review. I actually, this is, this is a really good IPA recipe. This is a really good IPA recipe. I like it a lot. Yeah. It's, um, has a little bit of citrus, not too much. Yep. Um, definitely not getting into the grapefruit, mostly into the white, uh, into the, the, the lemony sort of zesty stuff. Yeah. It's a, I think, I was thinking about it the other day. I think it's a kind of a crowd pleaser IPA. If you're going to have a couple different kegs at a party, this is one, and I, a true IPA fan would like but then people who don't necessarily care for that strong an ipa would still be able to drink yeah the the ibus on this are definitely not going to be very high um it's it's not a really bitter beer it's it's i agree it's it's crowd pleaser territory for sure yep i think we already got a lock for our halloween horror nights weekends with this one. Oh yeah so it's chance, just... chance will show up next year and I think we'll uh, yeah experiment with something else, but this is this is going to be hard not to because uh, you know you got you know you got a, a keg of beer on hand you can drink I exactly. Think I think it's, do it's, this again. Yeah, it's a very very drinkable beer. All right, I think that does it for this review, but not for and, the keg. And the the other part of the review, it does not give you a wicked hangover because <laughs> that's part that's always part of reviewing things that I drink. It's True. Like, okay. I don't like th- drinking things that gives me wicked hangovers. Right. And, Typically, it's like the more expensive booze won't give you the bad, the bad hangovers, but in this case, um, no, it, it won't give you a wicked hangover. All right. Well, cool. All right. That is Chance 3 Hopped IPA, and I'll tell you right now, this is a recipe that is not going away, and I am not going to tinker with. I think this is the first recipe that I have for Neozaz that is now set in stone. We're going to make this next year. Next Halloween Horror Nights, we're going to have Chance 3 Hopped IPA and something new. That's already been decided. This is a great beer. This is an, I think the term I stumbled on, which I didn't make up. I just thought of it as a description. It's a crowd pleaser IPA. You're going to hit everybody. I think that likes beer uh, with this one. So there's the, the grain bills in the beginning. The process is also written there. I'm going to start maybe sharing these documents one way or another. I, the only reason I have it is that I'm, I'm not sure how to uh, get these online, but when I do, I'll announce that in another episode. And of course it'll be on our Facebook page. So I think with all that, I'll say thank you for listening. I did just mention our Facebook page. We are Neos As Podcast on Facebook. We also have a Twitter page or a Twitter account. It's at Neos As. 
Um, other than that, check out our website for all the other great stuff we do and our contact form. If you have something, uh, you want to share about brewing or any questions, uh, maybe I can answer it. I'm still learning myself, but maybe we can <laughs> figure out the answer together. We have a contact page at the, or a contact form on our neas.com website. Let's go to the bottom of the page and link you right to it. Uh, that's it. That's everything. So I'll say, as always, thank you for listening. I'll be back with another episode, another Halloween brew episode theme. Now, this is Halloween Horror Nights. This one, the next one is strictly Halloween. That's next. That's just not very far from here. In fact, I think it's going to be released on Halloween itself. If not, then it'll be soon before or, well, not after. Wouldn't make sense. It's a Halloween brew. It's coming up. So with that, I'll say one more time, thank you for listening, and I'll see you in that next episode. <laughs>